Yo, so before we get into this episode, just a heads up, there is some background noise and echo happening. I accidentally left a different setting on um, my microphone, so it's picking up everything from outside around. Um, so, so sorry about that. It hopefully it doesn't distract too much from the episode, but that's it. That's why, you know, always check your equipment. Anyways, here is the show. What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. And I'm excited for y'all for y'all to catch this conversation in just a hot second. But before we get into that, I just want to give y'all a few things to remember on how to support the show. Number one, leave a review wherever you're able to drop one. Follow RTWD on Instagram. Share the show with someone you think would love it. And finally, join the Real Fam on Patreon. You get a ton of access to extra stuff like today from my guest. I'm really excited. Um, all right, y'all. Now on to my guest. This week, I am joined by Emily McGill, communications consultant and tarot reader. After nearly a decade and a half working in entertainment in New York City as a storytelling strategist and Broadway publicist, her pathway of self-exploration led her to healing and evolution and reading tarot cards professionally. Emily's passions are unlocking the magic in others, amplifying unheard voices, inner and otherwise offering platforms for open dialogue and creating meaningful experiences while cultivating community. She is the founder of The Pink Tank, a women's group integrating the personal and the professional and a co-founder of Snob, Sunday Night on Broadway. She is also a member of PR Collective Spiral 5 and a co-author of their signature course, The Career Rebels Guide to Modern PR. Um, this was a great conversation, y'all, where we talk about what tarot is, how Emily got into it, and the ways she uses tarot to tell powerful stories and help others do the same. For my Real Fam listeners, you will be able to watch our conversation through video, and Emily gives me my very first ever tarot reading. Y'all, this is crazy, all right? My mom is probably going to have anointing oil ready for when she sees me next. I already know, so sorry, not sorry, mom. Anyways, y'all, here is Emily. Emily, what, thank you so much for joining the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Jonathan. It's so good to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. Yes, yes. So um, we are going to get into some really dope stuff. Yeah. Tarot, your communication profession, all that stuff. I know my mom is already cringing. I already know. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> um, but I, um, I just want you to give a chance to just share who you are, you know, um, that's it. Who, who is Emily McGill? Yeah. Go ahead and share. For a long time, I would have told you I am a Broadway publicist. And like that's all, that would have mm. been the end of the sentence. But during the okay. pandemic, I obviously, with Broadway being shut down, had a lot of opportunity to slow down and really think about what brings me joy and what mm. I love in life and in the world. And there are so many other facets to who I am beyond theater kid or Broadway publicist or these things that I used as like these these huge like cornerstone identifiers for so long. Um, mm -hmm. So I started kind of thinking about, well, if I if Broadway isn't there, like what is left of me? And there were so many other things, Jonathan. I love to cook. Yeah. Um, I love, obviously, like my tarot practice has grown and evolved in the last several years, my own spirituality practice along with that. 
Um, I love, I'm a crazy plant lady. Like I love to follow what's happening. You know, I'm not really good at astrology, but I like to follow along and sort of just like have awareness around like what's happening as above, so below. Right. Um, I've, mm. I've considered how much social justice is important to me and amplifying um, voices that are marginalized using the platforms and the privilege that I have get those voices heard in other ways. Mm -hmm. So I had this sort of reawakening. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't like a third life crisis, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. it was. I don't know. I think we we're all having life yeah. crises in the <laughs> Yeah, the last two years, you're not the only one. I have my own. Right, we all did, you know, because it's an mm -hmm. opportunity. Like, we were forced to slow down. And some people weren't. And some people, you know, they were forced to speed up. I, You know, everybody has had different journeys and experiences. But yeah. my personal journey and experience, especially in the last 18 months, has been one of um, cultivating all of the other facets of who I am beyond the one that I led with forever, which was like Broadway publicist or theater person and mm. really like implementing and intertwining all of these aspects of who I am and bringing my full self to everything that I'm doing. So, you know, yeah. if technology isn't working and I'm sitting in an off-Broadway advertising meeting for a client, you know, I might say, well, it's no surprise there, Mercury's in retrograde because I understand yeah. that that means that when the stars are aligned in a certain way, we're affected and therefore like technology and communication are one of the things that are affected because Mercury holds mm -hmm. that. So, yeah. you know, that's not something I probably would have done pre-pandemic or at least like mm. not serious, you know, I would have done it like as a joke versus yeah, yeah, like yeah. just bringing my truth and honesty in that moment. Um, so yeah, you know, as someone who identified as one way for so much of my life, it's been really expansive to allow all of these aspects of myself to come together. I absolutely love that. And I, um, I find it not funny, but like just how many people are in that same spot. Yeah. Just like, I'm just thinking about my own experience of, of 2020 and now 2021, because we're pushing two years on this mm -hmm. thing. But how much change we were all forced, not even forced, but like some of us were forced to have because we couldn't do anything, we couldn't go nowhere. And um, just like that saying is like, an idle mind is the devil's playground. I don't think that's it. It's like idle mind is like time for you to reflect. Um, and there's like a level of power. There's a power in boredom almost um, to just like understand who you are more. And I, I love that that kind of like transformation in the last like, you know, 18 or some odd months. That's, that's so cool. Thanks so much for sharing Absolutely. that. And also I'm a plant zaddy. Cause I got like over 20 some odd plants. So I feel that so much. Who, what, which one of your plant babies is like your favorite? <sighs> You're going to make me pick. I'm going to make you pick. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but, um, I grew to, marijuana plants from seed i love that from some shake that i had from last year and so okay. i think those are my favorite because that's been really fun to like actually have that process all the way from seed cool. up through like a plant that i then de decapitated and now i'm trying to propagate so you know i'm like that's wow. been really fun um that's so cool <laughs> it's been really cool like this is the top the top part right here just like Oh, no. like, look at that. baby roots. 
So we'll see, so we'll see how they do. Um, I don't know. I have some Dippenbachias that are actually like heirloom plants that my my aunt, okay. um, who passed away in the 70s, had this Dippenbachia plant that pieces, she used to give pieces of it away. I guess my parents ended mm. up with some of it at some point. I remember this plant in their house growing up being like this huge mm. thing that you couldn't move. It was so heavy. Um, wow. And they still have it, but my dad had like been sending me cuttings of things during the pandemic. <laughs> and so I have like a bunch of these Dippenbachia bits and pieces that he sent. So that's another one of my favorites because of, you know, the family heirloom sense of it. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Yeah. What about um, you? Who are your favorites? I, uh, don't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Which one of my favorites? I mean, I think I got about eight or nine different pothos, but it's like I got a neon pothos. Yeah. I have like a, I forgot like what it's called, but it's just like the different, it almost feels like it's like, it looks like bleached just all over the place. Uh -huh. like you sprinkle bleach on the leaves. Uh -huh. I forgot. There's a name for them, yeah. but I forgot that. Um, just the leaves are just gorgeous i love those i've been dealing but, with um, a thrips a... infestation that has been no. really really tricky. i'm so sorry so yeah i'm hopeful that this crew um i've had them isolated but now i think that we've got some expanding the other thing i've been i was doing during the pandemic was taking kitchen scraps and just like planting seeds so like I would take mm. avocado pits and i started giving avocado plants to everyone during the pandemic because i was like and they've been growing avocado toast and you can like peel that membrane off of the center seed and put it in a baggie mm -hmm. with a oh, damn paper towel and stick it somewhere dark. And in like three weeks, you'll have a taproot and like you can have avocado trees like so you can't really see it. But back here behind like that's like there's a plants are over there with all just avocado seeds in it. You just blew my mind. <laughs> like I would try and I would like take tomato seeds and try and like get uh -huh. those to sprout. I have a, a thing over here that has five lemon seeds that I just like planted. I just tried some cherry pits to see if that's going to work and just like experimenting. Experimenting. You know, Emily, I got to send you something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got to send you something because I saw something. Uh, it was like, it wasn't a hack. I, I hate that term like, oh, life hack, but people have been doing it for forever. But anyways. They had like these are all the things that you can just replant. It's like onion. You take a half yeah. like onion scraps yeah. or like what garlic, else? Carrot romaine, scraps. All those garlics, romaine, all of those. Yeah. Yep. There's so many things, and I'm like, I've been wasting my potatoes money. Potatoes going to the grocery are store. literally yeah. pieces of potato. Like if you're trying to yep. plant a potato seed, you don't. You take a potato and you cut it up, and like that's what you plant. Oh my gosh. Probably See, y'all y'all are hearing two yeah, y'all are hearing two plant nerds just going on <laughs> getting inside. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Oh, oh my gosh. All right, we gotta like trade off stuff because I need so to So this um, is the other fun I thing. I have a friend, yeah. part of why I have these plants, uh these these mm. um cannabis plants is that I had COVID right at the beginning. Like March oh, wow. March twenty one, March twenty first, twenty twenty. I had a call from my doctor telling me I had a positive test. So mm. it was like very early in the process that I had it. And I didn't want to have my like delivery guys showing up, the runners from the delivery company. So my friend who was living in LA went to the store and she mm. would buy weed and send it to me. But she would oh, also wow. package up all these different like 
cuttings from succulents because in LA you find them on the street, right? It's like oh yeah, the blue chopsticks are like ground covering in LA, right? Like mm-hmm. that it's succulents are everywhere, but in New York mm-hmm. it's like ten dollars for something that you would like find on the street. You know what I mean? Like it's literally like a cutting out of somebody's yard that like the dog chewed off or something, right? She mm-hmm. would send me all of these plant clippings too, wow. and I would like. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> these, these like succulents to see if I can get them to survive in New York. That's so dope. Hey, shout out your friend because that's a real one right yeah. there. It's like on a walk, just picking them up. Yeah, they're, they're literally they're everywhere. I go for a walk, I could probably send you like fifteen different. <laughs> like, it's just so it's just so easy. Yeah. That's wild. That is so wild. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad because I don't even know we we're going to talk about plants that much. So you, you do tarot. Uh, but what is what what is tarot? Yeah. Can, you, can you explain to me? Because I know it's a card thing, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's this, this mystifying of what tarot actually is. Yeah. So it's a deck of cards. Ultimately. All right. There it is. It's a deck of cards. There it is. Um, these cards personally, to me, uh, represent information that we hold within ourselves whether we hold it in our hearts, in our spirits, or our guts, like this is information that we hold within ourselves. We don't always have access to that information, like intellectually to understand stuff that we might know within ourselves, but we don't like know in our heads. So my favorite way to describe the tarot is that these cards help us to visualize in front of us what it is that we hold within ourselves. Mm. So the cards never lie. We pull the cards and like sometimes they might feel less relevant, but there you can always find something in them. Yeah. And yeah. so a tarot deck is um, structured with two separate, there's two parts to the deck. We have the major arcana, which are our magic cards. When they show up, we pay extra special attention to them. Um, there okay. are 22 of them, numbered zero to 21. And they also correspond to the human soul's evolutionary journey. So we start with the fool at the very beginning, zero, the numberless number. And that's very fresh energy. It's very new energy. It's very trusting energy, right? It's the very beginning of a journey. And away we go. Mm. We're off to see the wizard, right? Like one foot out the door. That's the fool. The end of the major arcana is very completion energy, right? It's like the end of that cycle, the end of that journey. And so that is the world. So that's very like whole healed, holy kind of energy, right? Because ultimately, holy means healed. Like those words from the same place. So that's the major arcana. The minor arcana is set up kind of like a traditional playing deck. You have four suits, ace through ten. We've got four court cards instead of three. So we've got a king and a queen, a knight and a page. Sometimes it'll be prince and princess. The deck we're using today is called the Wild Unknown. Um, it's just a really okay. beautiful deck that where it's all animal imagery mm. in this one. And, oh, and nice. um, they, in this, in this particular deck, the author uses father, mother, son, and daughter. Oh, and those okay. four cards either correspond to those, the characteristics of those cards within ourselves or to people in our lives. Okay. Um, and then the, the, the number cards or the pip cards they're called have more to do with like situations and experiences. Mm-hmm. So, Um, Our four suits correspond to the four elements. So we've got wands, which is our fire. That's your passion, your drive, your creativity, the things that light you up and get you out of bed in the morning. Um, Mm, Okay, okay. Cups are our water. That's our emotions, our feelings, 
the watery landscape that we all move through every day. Okay. Um, and then we have our swords, which is air. So that's communication, intellect, mental state and ability, knowledge, language, information, anything in that kind of realm. And then we have finally okay. our pentacles or discs or coins. And those are our earth um, element. And so that's like the physical, the material, the manifest. Gotcha. So okay. we have these different like types of cards to help us relate to what aspect of this, of our lives, of ourselves, of this information are we looking at today? And so that, um, does that, did that answer your question? It did. It did. You, you broke it down. Nice. I was actually getting really excited. As I was listening. I'm, I'm just like, for me, I like, sometimes I live in my mind. So it might seem like I'm zoning out, but I'm literally like imagining what is going to happen later. Uh, August 12th. So it actually, You're Leo. I am. You Shout out some, Leo's. You must have some uh, air in your rising or your moon though. If you're in your head mm, a lot. Okay. Yes. I, I am in my head a lot. Yeah, so I'm really, I'm really excited to see what because I was just envisioning what you, what what we're gonna do later on because you're gonna do my reading. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, how did you How did you get into tarot? Because I don't, I don't feel like that's something that you just. I feel like you stumble into it. It's not something that you necessarily find, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I was introduced to the tarot by my therapist. Okay. Um, I started. My grandmother passed away in 2014. She and I were very close. Mm. She was also a very difficult mm. and complicated woman. Um. Mm. And I think there was a lot of generational trauma that she both experienced and perpetuated. And so mm. um, after she passed, I went to therapy because I was like, you know, there's the saying like it runs in my it ran in my family until it ran into me. And mm. I decided that, yeah. that this was I'm the end of it. Like we're doing the healing. Yeah. We're not doing this again for another generation. It's not happening. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so she, as we started the therapy process, um, you know, I would go every, I don't know, two weeks or three weeks or whatever. And we just, we would start moving through different modalities and practices. Um, my therapist practices something called core energetics, which at that time was very physicality based. It's a little different okay. COVID time since we do video, but um, at that point, like, we would get up and move. And the idea is that we hold different traumas in different places in our bodies. And as mm. you are able to move the energy, you're able to access those sort of locked feelings and move through that yeah. energy. Um, and in doing that, I, we would now and again, pull a card. She would just like get a deck okay. out and be like, pick a card. And so we would do that every now and again. And so when I was looking for kind of a, a daily practice to add to my life, just something mm -hmm. small that I could be like, okay, this is something I want to do every single day. She said, why don't you start pulling a card? And I liked the idea, but I didn't own any tarot decks. And so I downloaded okay. an app on my phone. Oh, like okay. Right. $8.99 to get the Yay, Osho, yay technology. <laughs> yeah, Osho Zen tarot deck is the one that I started with. Um, and I downloaded the app. And the best part was like, you know, my OCD, I need to get rid of little red bubbles on my iPhone. Um, yeah. So every morning I would get a notification. So I would, I would like the card would pop up on my phone and then I could just tap it and it would flip the card over and give me the description. So I started getting mm. familiar with the deck, by just by pulling cards on a regular basis. And, um, 
I was doing that for probably like, I would say like a solid, like two years at that point, um, right around that time was when COVID hit and shortly before the pandemic started, I had been gifted a hard copy of the deck and that was my opportunity to start reading cards for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing readings for friends, the pandemic hit, I was like, well, let's see if we can do virtual readings for friends. And I started doing that and practicing. Um, I had my first few paid clients. And then, um, and then after George Floyd was murdered, I came across a group that had, that was a reparations group on Instagram or Facebook Mm -hmm. because the social justice actions that I was taking in my communications work of, you know, doing some pro bono work with artists where they write their own press release. And then I work with them to make sure it's what the media is used to receiving before Mm -hmm. we blast it out and see if we can't get them some media coverage that they can amplify their messaging and their voices and their projects. Um, But I was like, Mm -hmm. what else can I be doing? And so I found this group and offered up some free tarot readings. Mm -hmm. And so I was connecting with people from all over the country, total strangers that we would just like FaceTime and do a reading. And it was a really moving experience. Um, Mm. And I also understood then how, uh, how I have to, I have to find some sort of way to revitalize my own energy afterwards because I started Mm. to find myself get really drained when I was doing readings. So now I've been exploring, you know, what I can do. And I actually had a really cool opportunity Last weekend, I got to read tarot for Virtual Burning Man, Thursday, Friday, what? Saturday, and Sunday. I was invited- what? That's so sick. No, yeah. It's better, Jonathan. I was invited by a woman named Emily McGill. Stop. I'm dead serious. I don't know if I can swear. but You can definitely swear. Fuck. Okay. So this is the most insane email I've ever gotten in my life. And one time I got to do a thing, I was working on a raisin in the sun starring Denzel Washington and the Obamas came to the show and I was like dealing with the white. Yeah. And I was like dealing with the Obama white house, like regularly for like a month. And this is the best email I've ever gotten. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Via LinkedIn. And she's like, you've come up over the years as I've Googled myself. And I was like, okay, great. Great. Keep going. What is, yeah. what is happening? Yeah. Like, okay. I saw on your about page today that you read tarot. I'm one of the people who is helping to organize Virtual Burning Man, one of their multiverses, and we would love if you would want to come read tarot. And yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was so wild. It was so wild. Uh, and so yeah, I got to do that. It was amazing. I was reading tarot from people all over the world. Um, there was wow. one woman who was like in, she's Australian, but was in Indonesia. I had a couple okay. of folks in the UK. There was somebody in Denmark. Um, mm. Emily is in Vancouver. So there were a few folks in Vancouver. I think we had somebody, excuse me, somebody else who was in LA. Like it was just so, so cool. And we did. It's such a wild, cool experience. That's wow. We did, we did it in a Zoom room. So that she, Emily hosted in that room that people could okay. just come in and out of like how they had set up their multiverse. And then okay. I would go into breakout rooms with individuals for 20 minutes to do their readings. Mm. 
And mm -hmm. like the breakout room was timed for 20 minutes. So we would get bopped back into the main room when we were done. Okay. And then after wow. we did, I did, um, you know, it changed each night. We were like kind of finding what worked. But after we did mm -hmm. a handful of individual one-on-one -on -one readings, we would then do a group reading where we were playing one, two, three, which is this game that I've kind of made up where we pull three tarot cards and you pick your favorite or you pick the one that's resonating with you the most in that moment. And we talk about okay. each of them and the kicker is you get them all three at the end, but it's a fun way to play with your intuition and see what is tapping in for you. Mm, okay. So, so I got to do all of that. Wow. Thanks to another Emily McGill. Nice. See? So cool. Universe aligned. I love it. That's so great. <laughs> That is so sick. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Emily, shout out you. Um, both you and yes. the other one. <laughs> Emily Squared. Yes, Emily Squared. I love that. Um, so I mean, it sounds like you have like jumped all into just like this tarot world and like it really has helped you and kind of like understanding more about you. And that's kind of like the it sounds like it's the heart behind like tarot to understand a greater understanding of you. Like how do you use like the tarot to like tell your own story or help others tell their their story there's so many aha moments that happen during a tarot reading whether it is um, my own reading or someone else's it's a real like as i was saying earlier it's so important to help us visualize and verbalize what it is that we're holding within ourselves so the these internal dialogues we have that we may not even know we're having are kind of like brought forth in ways that we can actually look at them. Mm. Um, so I think that it's just a, it's just like a deeper tapping into our own stories. Like it gives each of us an opportunity to do that on a deeper level. Um, sometimes when I'm stuck on something, if I'm like, I don't know what to do or what direction to go. You know, I used to like panic and call my nearest and dearest and be like, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> now I have this other understanding of I can grab a tarot deck and be like, okay, I need to sit with this, this thing that I'm, I need to determine or figure out or decide or find direction on. And I pull a couple of cards and sometimes it's a big spread, you know, sometimes it isn't, but um, there are different, you know, the other thing is, is like, it's a really individualized practice, you know, they're like, you can't get it wrong. I mean, you can get mm. interpretations of cards can be like skewed yeah you, yeah you can't really get it wrong especially with like the cards that we're using like they're just so evocative of whatever it is that, mm. that card meaning is so it's pretty clear and it's pretty um like instinctual mm. and intuitive to be like oh right i see what that card's saying to me because you can gotcha. see it right in the imagery mm. So it really is like speaking to like whatever's coming out of that individual person. Like it's going to manifest itself out anyways. Yeah, that's really good. I, I was, I, I had another conversation with somebody um, where we were talking about um, under like decolonizing and uh, deconstructing like our own spirituality and, mm -hmm. and, and understanding like our emotions even more. Yeah. And so like this, I even this idea of like how we, like me, for example, like how I interact with my emotions, not only just as like a man, but as a black man, like I'm in, in a lot of spaces, I'm not allowed to be angry or I'm not allowed to have a, have a over, um, 
too much joy. It's like this has constantly been policed. And so like even I think about like my ancestors who were enslaved, their like emotions were so controlled and dictated by um, the enslavers. So I think that there's like this generational trauma or that exists and is present in me. And so to have joy or to even like connect with my emotions or have some visual representation or manifestation of like what could be present in me um, through these cards, it just, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Like everything you're saying, I'm like, damn, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why this is, this seems, tarot is something that's like, oh, like it, it really isn't like, you're really just connecting with yourself and yes. understanding and yourself like, more. Ultimately, that's also what spirituality is, right? I, I mm. think that there are a lot of people in our generation, you might be a little younger than me, I'm an old millennial, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, I was raised Catholic. I was raised in the Catholic church. I went to mass twice a week. We had to go in Catholic school. We had to go on Thursday mornings and we had went every weekend, either it was Saturday night or Sunday. You know, I was in the choir. I was an altar server. I, my parents were very involved in all of the volunteers and, every, you know, all of it. And my, my parents yeah. still go to church every week. Mm. Um, and, I mean, my mom is a quite a religious woman and mm. yet she is finding herself opening her perspective up to like allow for some exploration of tarot. Like I've given mm. her a couple of readings and she, she doesn't really get it because it's not really her vibe to be honest. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a Capricorn and she's got like all this like big earth energy in her. So if something, if she can't physically like touch something, see something, look at something, experience it that way, she kind of struggles mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, these, these cards are something that she has been like, you know, a little receptive to. So that's been really exciting too, to be able to share it with someone who you would think is not necessarily going to vibe with it because of their religious beliefs. But like mm -hmm. I really early on determined that I disagreed with the Catholic church on a lot of things and a lot of their mm -hmm. belief systems, especially surrounding homosexuality um, and abortion. Yeah. Like, you know, there, these are hot topics. They shouldn't be, but they are. And um, yeah. I just didn't like the way they were doing it. And ultimately what I came to realize is like spirituality, religion, your relationship with God, the universe, your highest power, Allah, what, however you want to say it, mm -hmm. it's an individual experience. No two people mm -hmm. have the same experience because it's your highest power. And yes, we are all one and we are all connected and we are all different expressions of the same highest power, but we're also yeah. all individual experiences. Mm -hmm. And so that's just something that I think has also affected my tarot practice is like this true sense of like, there is no way to, there's no wrong way to have a relationship with my highest power. Mm. And this is just another tool for me to have, have that relationship. Absolutely. I love that. I love that so much. So I, I think that you raised um, amazing points about like the tarot and like understanding yourself and really communicating with yourself and allowing your, your, your intentions of who you are to like manifest um, in your story and you, you utilize tarot in that. How would you help others like demystify like the idea of like telling their story or sharing who they are and showing up authentically in the world? Um, I mean, 
Big question. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is like yeah. you can't really there's only so much you can do to help someone show up authentically in the world. Like that's that's very mm-hmm. personal work. Um, yeah. I don't have any kind of certification or, you know, any kind of study or practice in actually helping people do that. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes the cards will tell you the thing that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And like that, those can be really difficult readings to move through, but they're oftentimes the most powerful because it's, uh, sometimes it's like you are demanding yourself, like look at something that you might not want to look at. Hmm. Like that. Have you, have you given a reading where it was like that? Cause I would imagine like if I am, because, well, let me just make it a lot more personal. I, for me, I, I just navigated the world being dictated about how people, like how I was going to live my life, what I was going to do, what career I was going to have, where I was going to go to school, all these different things. And I didn't try and make the shift away from what people told me to do and how I was going to live my life until very recently, mm-hmm. like within the last four to five-ish years, right? And so I think, I think for me, when I like looked myself in the mirror and I told myself I didn't like what I saw because like this was not me, like the person that I saw was not me. I don't know who this person is. I think it was very difficult, very, very difficult to um, have those questions. Yeah. Um, and ask those questions of myself. And I imagine for the tarot, it's like, it almost feels like you're, you have a visual representation of like a mirror. It Mm -hmm. almost feels like a mirror when you look at those things. So have you ever given like a reading to somebody or even experienced for yourself like that? And they just like had that aha moment for themselves? Oh yeah. Mm. The most intense reading I ever gave myself um, was with a deck that I have since gifted to a friend of mine but it's called the hoodoo tarot because I was looking for tarot decks that represent um, the world, right? I was looking for more diverse tarot decks. And so I, I found, I came across this one by a woman named Tayana Lee McQuiller and hoodoo is a little okay. bit different than voodoo. It's um, a, a, a spiritual or religious practice that was cultivated in the American South as those who mm-hmm. practice voodoo from Western Africa were trafficked into the U S into the slave trade um, and the indigenous people that were here that were also being, um, you know, decimated by white settlers and colonialism, they came together to help each other survive. And the belief systems like clashed together and cultivated this new belief system, which was hoodoo. So there's a lot of like group work and there's a lot of superstitions, right? Like there's a lot of practices that are embedded in that. All right. Emily gave a great explanation of hoodoo versus voodoo, but I wanted to share just a tad bit more from an article written by Danye Coles. Danye is a healing justice and spiritual writer and artist. She wrote an article for Cosmopolitan where she discusses the difference between hoodoo and voodoo. What is the practice of hoodoo and who can practice it? Great read. Highly recommend it. I'll drop her info in the show notes. Anyways, she shares that hoodoo at its core is an African-American tradition. It was created by enslaved people from various spiritual practices that they adapted to the land that they found themselves in. Hoodoo is also known by other names, mainly conjure or root work. People who practice hoodoo work with a number of tools, such as candles, curios, and of course, roots and herbs. Ancestor veneration is particularly important. 
Movies often show hoodoo as something that is like dark and harmful, but most of the work that is done by hoodoo practitioners are concerned with healing and protection. She continues, there's a lot of confusion about hoodoo and voodoo. Hoodoo and voodoo are very, very different. Voodoo, for one, is an actual religion. And as a religion, voodoo has specific practices, some of which you have to be ordained to perform. It has religious leaders known as mambos and hugens who oversee these practices. It has a set of deities and spirits that are worshipped and respected. Hoodoo, by contrast, does not have any of these things. Although there is a belief in spirits and life-giving energies, there is no specific God or God that you must follow. You are free to worship any gods that you want. There is no organized hierarchy. This isn't to say that there are no rules to working with roots. There are, but it does not have the specific structure associated with religion. Thank you so much, Danye, for that clarification. All right, y'all, let's get back to it. And the mm. deck is beautiful because it gives you a lot of education and history about that alongside. That's so cool. Really yeah. beautiful imagery. And so um, there's this one spread, tarot card spread, that uh, was included in the guidebook that was um, a see about your folks spread. So it was really like an ancestor spread. You picked, um, it was like nine cards total. And the first one, the first six were, were from each your maternal and paternal sides of the family. And it was like uh, what you're doing well, where you need to improve, and, and like your untapped or unrealized potential, like where you need to level up. The next card is, is um, like an ancestor who specifically wants to work with you. Okay. And in that reading, my grandmother that passed away came to me and apologized mm. for all of the trauma and all of the bigotry that she spewed while she was alive. And wow. I was on my hands and knees on the floor of my bedroom sobbing mm. because it was such a powerful and impactful reading. Wow. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, right before you said that, I was like, you said answers. I'm like, I, I just think of my great grandmother because like that's the person that I connect with. Mm -hmm the most like she was just so impactful in my life mm -hmm. um even though i didn't get a chance to like see her that much um i just yeah i just she passed last year it's just i have a picture of her and me on my on my phone i just can't yeah it's just wow anyways that's cool um well so it's really interesting so it was a june 19th celebration i actually haven't mentioned this on the podcast i don't know why i haven't so it was a june 19th celebration and so there was um there was an event happening um in my city and they were doing like a not a memorial but basically like a tribute mm -hmm. uh no it was mother's day not okay. Juneteenth. it was mother's day and it was a tribute to ahmaud arbery's mother mm. because i think the day before was ahmaud arbery's like birthday so like they just they were so close so we we're doing like a tribute here in la and uh we went there it was by the ocean and everything like that and so basically they had some like more like african spiritualists there mm. And so they actually took us to like a healing ceremony mm -hmm. um, where we get to talk to our ancestors. And so I was like, oh, I wasn't prepared for this, but like, here we go. So um, this is like my first time doing something like that. And probably like a year or two years ago, I probably wouldn't have done that. I probably mm -hmm. would have peaced out. Um, but like, they basically said like, we did like this prayer up at the top uh, and then they let us down to, they gave us offerings. So it was like mm -hmm. a flower or fruit or something like that. And then they, um, we walked down to the beach and then they led us in the drum circle. And then like we faced the ocean 
And so we basically, they just said, you know, like, talk to your ancestor and like, it could be whoever you yeah. want it to be, who you're going to talk to. Yeah. And so um, the, per the person that always comes to my mind is like my great grandmother. What did you um, call her? Great grandma. Huh? What did you call her? Uh, I called her grandma, but that was grandma Mildred, um, Millie for short. And so um, I just remember just like standing there and I just like, all of a sudden I felt like this deep connection to her. Um, and I just held this flower. It was a rose in my hand. And I just like, yeah, I just remember just talking to her. And I just remember just feeling guilty because I, I, I just told her, I said, Grandma, I feel so bad that I didn't get a chance to see you. She said, I know you love me. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. I know you love me. She said, you just need to let that go. It's all right. Um, she said, I'm so proud of you. And just, oh, God. She just said, I'm so proud of you. Um, tell Lindsay I love her, mm -hmm. and she had a chance to meet Lance, my, my um, my partner, and it was just so cool. I just remember crying on the beach, yeah. and I just it felt like this not closure, but like it just made me so much closer to yeah. her. Um, and that was the first time I like I've ever like had an experience like mm -hmm. that. But um, yeah, I had a chance to talk to my grandma on to... uh, on Mother's Day. My mom was there, and everything. I love was it. Great. I love it. I used to yeah. call my grandma on the way home from work and just like tell her about my day as mm. I was walking home from the office. I'd like tell mm. her about my day or whatever was happening. Um, and after she died, I kept doing, I would put my headphones in and walk down the street and like talk to her. Mm. Nowadays, I have an ancestor altar that I light a candle every morning. I say good morning to both of my grandmothers who were the only two ancestors I knew um, of my direct mm. lineage. My, both my grandfathers had passed before I was born. Um, okay. But I like say good morning to them every morning. I light a candle. Mm. Uh, you know, I, it's like not even a real prayer. It's just like, hi, good morning. I love you. And I know. I, I <laughs> just talk to them. I put the candle out and I say good night. I love you. Um, but there's uh, a really cool book, if you're into this, called Signs by yeah. a woman named Laura Lynn Jackson, who's a medium. And, um, okay. She taught, it's all about the, the, what is it? What is it? It's like, it's the unspoken language of the universe. Is that the subtitle? I can't remember, but it's all about how the people in our life who have passed or have passed on or transitioned in death, how they don't leave us. They actually become closer mm. to us because they become mm. spirit. So they're all like, they're all always present everywhere. And she invites you as the reader to ask your ancestors or whoever you're connecting with for a specific sign. So for example, my dad's mother passed away when I was seven. We lived in the same house mm. as her. Um, you know, we were very close, but like I was seven, almost 30 years later, I asked her for a sign. Um, after reading that book, I was like, you know, I wasn't ever really super close with her, but I'm sure she's been pulling strings for me everywhere through my life. Like, let me ask her. And she mm. was a teacher. So I was like, oh, what's in a teacher's classroom? A map. How about a globe? And let's make it purple so that it's like really specific. Mm. And I asked her to send me purple globes and I didn't tell anyone. And then I started looking for them. Okay. And like four months later, I was talking to my best friend and I was like, you know, I asked for these purple globes and like, they're nowhere to be found. She was like, what are you talking about? I send you that fucking crystal ball emoji all the time. And you're the only person I send it to. And I literally have no idea why. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then I decided to go back and see when these purple globes started showing up. It was in 2016, a full five years before I asked for it. Mm. Like... 
it's just so wild and yet not mm-hmm. amazingly normal as my best friend likes to say. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I'm going to take that amazingly normal. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's good to like be reminded of that moment. Cause I just think back to it and it just brings you right back to being on that beach and yeah. getting my grandma that flower. And I invite you to like put a flower in a vase for her somewhere in the house or, um, mm. you know, put out, if you're ever making dinner and it's like something that she loved, like, leave her a little plate, right? Mm. Like they, like when we give offerings, they are received with joy. Mm-hmm. So. I love it. Yeah. This was so fun, Emily. Good. Thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. Seriously. Thank you, yeah. Jonathan. I really appreciate yeah. the invitation. Absolutely. I saw something on Instagram that somebody reposted uh, by Carl Patrick Cooper Jr. It said, teach your children about African spirituality so that they don't think honoring their ancestors is demonic. And reading through the comments, there was so many amens and ashes that like affirmed this idea that like a lot of us, a lot of black folks have heard this kind of like rhetoric before that like speaking to your ancestors or offering up something or having a conversation with these folks that have passed on into the great beyond, that there's something demonic or weird about doing that. But like, that is really our ancestry. That is what hoodoo is, you know, and taking the time and like recognizing those who went before you. And there's so many other traditions that recognize that as valuable. And I'm trying to imagine how I would have had this same conversation three years ago, maybe even a year ago, how I would have reacted to tarot or praying or giving an offering to my grandma in front of a lot of people at the beach, you know, in public. And I probably would have just said it was that same thing I mentioned earlier. It was weird or demonic. Like I ain't gonna play with the devil, you know? But I think this experience with my great grandmother, I think about it and how near she felt to me, um, how she was loving me, how she was speaking to me, how she was encouraging me. And it was far from like weird or demonic or from the devil. It was one of the most beautiful and healing experiences I've ever had. And it'll be a practice that I continue to do. Um, and so I just remember, I can't believe I didn't tell y'all about that that instance. It was, it was just so impactful for me. I, I think about it and I still tear up uh, every now and again. So I would encourage y'all, think about what that means to you. How do you interact with your ancestors? Stuff like that. Um, There's some really cool practices out there. Speaking of practices, I did do the tarot. Um, I got my very first reading. Emily gave it to me. It was really spot on. If you want to check that out and see more about that and more about what's going on in the Real Fam community, you can go ahead and join the Real Fam at our Patreon page. That information is in the show notes. Um, You can just click on that link in there and it'll take you right to it to check out all the tiers um, and support the show financially. Can't wait to see y'all there. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas. Additional production help by the incomparable Lindsay Dumas. With music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It really helps folks discover the show. Till next time, y'all. Peace.